It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. And yes, I've got yet another co-pilot sitting in that co-pilot seat this week, Marlon Kerner. He's been a guest on on this podcast several times before, and I decided, hey, I'm going to let him push a few of the buttons here as we fly this this big express plane. Marlon Kerner, once again, welcome to the Tim May Podcast, my man. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here in the co-pilot seat with you. There you go, man. Hey, don't you know, just until you, until I tell you to grab the controls, leave them, leave it to me, okay? Got you. Okay, that's the only rule. Now you can <laughs> fly anything. You can do loop de loops. I don't care, man. But Marlon Kerner, former super, super former superstar at Ohio State and NFL player in the secondary, cornerback, uh, etc. Uh, Marlon, uh, you know why I called you, man. You know why I want to get you on. This football team, this Ohio State football team looks so damn good right now. Offensively, as we speak, they're number two in the nation in total offense, number one in scoring. Uh, defensively, they're in the top 10, top 10 or top 11. And, boy, you can just see the difference from this year to last year uh, just jumps out at you. But they seem to be having some problems with consistent play at the cornerback spots. And – Basically, you know, uh, that's the one thing you could point to on this football team right now that that does need to improve. And that's why I've got you on. You played the position both in in, in high school, college and the pros and uh, the NFL. And uh, just jump right into it, man. What, what do you see right there with, with these regulars, Denzel Burke, Cam, uh, Cam Brown and their backup dudes? Well, what's bothering you, I guess, about that position? I wouldn't say anything's really bothering me. I, I think it's more of it's a different scheme. So they're asked to play differently than they were used to or what the way they were accustomed to playing last year. Yeah. So that takes time and you need a lot of reps uh, and guys have missed games. And so you do a little bit of things um, differently when guys are kind of banged up. Um, you just you need the I got to get healthy. So I might not be as aggressive if I feel like my hamstring is not as tight as it needs to be, or I'm worried about getting an injury. So I think it's, I think they'll be fine down the stretch. I think what you look at is there's just some breakdowns here and there. And it's not that they were in the bad position. Cause last year you would look like, man, how do you not diagnose that and recognize this this year? I'm like, they're in position. They just got to go make a play. And that just comes with time. Just making sure you turn into the man. If it's man coverage as, as, a, as opposed to doing a zone turn, which a lot of young corners will do, even if it's man to man, I'll turn and put my back to the receiver. And so that gives them the advantage. So I think they're going to be okay. I mean, but they look good. I mean, I, the biggest jump so far is the way the linebackers have played and their ability to get pressure up front. And that's going to help the secondary when you know that my front four can get after it and I can drop seven guys back in coverage or I can send blitzes and get that pressure quick. The line Once the corners kind of figure out how teams really want to attack them, then they'll be a lot better. But I think they'll improve. I think they'll get a lot better as the season goes on. So I'm not as concerned um, as, as maybe some other people are, but I do think that those guys just need more time and more reps to really get the system and get the nuances of how to play it. 
Yeah, you know, and the way I led into this, the tone of voice I had was acting like, oh, my goodness, the sky is falling. Uh, <laughs> it's really interesting to me. I said this to, to both the Bosa brothers at one point in their career. I said, you know, the funny thing about you guys, the position you play, if you make two or three sacks a game, you've had the greatest game anybody's ever seen from your position. Meanwhile, you can be sort of average the rest of the time. Quarterback, it's it's the opposite of that. You can be so good. Let's say you're on the field 40, 40 plays. You can be so good on 37 of them. But those three where they throw at you and a guy either wins a 50-50 ball or you find yourself a little bit out of position, like what happened to Cam Brown the other day. Cam Brown, they definitely picked on Cam Brown a little bit. You got to say that. Uh, and he had a little bit of a tough day coming back from being out the week before. But uh, then I think I think it was him with the horse collar tackle where they finally said, okay, and they put J.K. Johnson in there uh, to spell him a little bit, let him calm down. But, uh, you know, it's just three or four plays out of the game, and you it's everybody's everybody's on Twitter, everybody's calling, everybody's emailing, going, what are they going to do about these cornerbacks? When, in fact, this defense is so much more – so much improved compared to a year ago, right, Marlon? So much improved compared to a year ago. I mean, they're what? Seventh in total defense, giving up about 253, 254 a game. They're seventh on third down, seventh or eighth on third down, yeah. eighth in scoring defense, uh, eight, yeah, eighth in scoring defense, um, or 15th in scoring defense, eighth on passing yards allowed. Like, we would take that. If we, if we had that defense last year, we would say, man, like, we're going to win it all. There's nobody that's going to beat us, right? Yeah. But I, I think that's that's when you look at the expectations of what you want um, this team to look like and that we how we should be playing and who we should be competing for and with at the end of the season. And I agree. that That's what you love to see about college football. And, yes, they went after Cam. They, they definitely attacked him. That was a game plan. But if I'm on the opposing sideline, that's going to be my game plan anyway. He's yeah. injured. I want to know if he's healthy or not. And if he's not healthy – I'm going to put my best receiver and say, let's see where he is. And they made some plays. He made some great catches, some really good throws. You have to take that um, with the ebb and flows of the game. When it came down to it, they did. They got down the field, but they didn't get in the end zone as many times. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, those are things that just young corners are going to have to go through. Um, body position, really, when you start playing that man-to-man -man technique of really, like, I, I had to experience that and, and really realize coming from, the high school ranks and thinking like, okay, I'm really a high school quarterback. And then I go play corner and you think, well, I run this, I can run a four, three, five. I run this. Well, the other guy runs this as well. Yeah. So now it's, can I put myself in the best position body-wise to make a play? And he just got a little out of position, um, contested the balls. Like he contested the throws, but just a little bit off, able to make the completion, able to make the strong catch. And then you line up and you play. So that's the one thing we learned about playing corner short memory, Take it all and stride. Whether you make a good play or a bad play, just that play's over. You can go back and look at film when the game's over. The main thing is, is just stay calm. Um, and so I thought the defense did a really good job um, overall in the game. And I thought the coaching staff did a really good job of pulling him out and saying, hey, listen, calm down. Because as a competitor, you kind of get a little riled up. And then I know for myself, when I got a little too riled up and a little too emotional in the game, I made more mistakes and I made, and I made one play that I'm like, Hey, it was only one play that one play then turns into three or four plays. And you're like, wait a minute, I got to stop the snowball effect. So I thought the defensive coaching staff did a really good job of pulling him to the sideline, talking him through like, listen, this is going to happen. This is what happens. Like that guy's on scholarship too. He's supposed to make those catches. We expect you to make those plays. You were in the right position. 
We'll go back and look at it on, on the weekend, come back on Monday and see what we can do to fix it. Um, and then the defense settled down and they may make plays. They got pressure. I mean, but the offense, I mean, if their offense scores like the way they score, that's a defense best friend as well. <laughs> like we, as a defensive back, I love when my offense scores touchdowns and not kicks field goals. Cause then I don't, I can like, I can make, I can take some chances. I don't have to worry about some of the things uh, of being the pressure. Like we can't give up too many points because our offense can't score, um, which is what was Michigan State found themselves in. Their, their offense can't put up points. So their defense, this margin of error is so small. You have a lot of margin of error with this team right now. And I love the way they're playing on both sides of the ball. That's what I was going to get to, man. Uh, but I want to ask you this. I mean, Tim Walton also, you know, the new cornerbacks uh, coach, you know, extremely, uh, extremely, extremely experienced cornerbacks coach, you know, brought that up last week, you know, and it is, you got to have the shortest memory known to man when you play cornerback, because whether you made a great play or you, or you, or you had a gaffe there, that doesn't mean they're not going to still come after you. You know what I mean? And it's the next play that matters the most, unless it ends up being the last play of the game <laughs> right. Right. for a touchdown. But, uh, but I wanted to ask you, Marlon, I mean, I've been around covering this, covering football in some form or fashion for this is my 50th season. I started uh, as a sports writer when I was 19 years old. And, uh, and it's just, to me, the more I look at it, I, I don't really see another position in sports. There may be one as difficult, but I don't see one more difficult than playing cornerback, especially in modern defenses where you do get put on the quote Island. You've got your little, the, you know, area to take care of all by yourself. I look out there on a the football field sometimes, and I marvel that 11 guys, that 11 guys can competently from play to play cover that much territory, you know, and stop a play, much, much, you know, a running play. And and I also marvel why do offenses run the ball right down somebody's throat all the time? You know what I mean? I mean, yes. when, when you can, you got all this other green stuff out here. But uh, do you agree with me that uh, that cornerback is about as is about as like wow from one play to the next about as wow and scary and exciting a uh, position as there in as, as there is in sport? It really is. I mean, and yes, I might be a little biased uh, being a cornerback, um, but I, I think you talk about just how difficult it is, and, and I go back to when I played, and then just watch the evolution of the game. And what we're allowed to get away with, the, the hand placement, yeah. the jamming at the line, the hand jockeying down the field that we were allowed to get away with. And as you see, the game has evolved. It, it's become less and less. Like, I mean, it's almost to the point that if you lay a finger on a receiver, if he's at 5.01 yards, it's illegal contact. And so. Yeah. Well, that's the know, NFL. Yeah, that's the NFL. It doesn't yeah. even, I look at, even someone right. like, like they, oh, he touched, seems like flag, like, up. Oh, so. It's just such a different game, and it's amazing to see how fast these guys have evolved um, their game and being able to say, okay, the ref is going to call this. I can't do this. I have to do this. And so it really becomes important on watching film, being prepared, understanding the route combination that you're going to be able to see, and then more importantly, understanding what they're going to tip off like we you know we talk about being able to watch film and understanding when they get in this formation they do this but even breaking it down even further if he has his left foot up or if he does this or if he does his hands a certain way he's going to do this route or break it off so it goes down to the fine nuances of being able to study your opponent and understand and get in their mind of saying okay he if he gets here if they get this formation they do this if they get here they do this 
And so coaching staffs have evolved to really give guys, especially corners and safeties, the ability to kind of understand what they can expect to see. And then based off of the line, it, the yardage, based off their splits and where they are on the sideline, proximity to the to the hash marks, we kind of can say this is the game that they run the most. And so you kind of are prepared. And so now it's I can play fast because you're right. It's so much space if I'm thinking. And I think that's a difference this year that we look at from this team on defense and particularly to now um, to from last year to this year is they did a lot of thinking last year. They were thinking like, well, if they get here, I need to do this, this, this. They're playing very fast. So they're, they're coached a lot better to be able to recognize the tendencies of the offense, understand their pass combos and the route tree that they have on the opposing sides. And so they're able to react a lot better. And I think it'll get a lot better as the year goes on. Hey, one of the thing about cornerback play too, but what always got me, it's like you're in a, when it's man to man a lot, you know, uh, it's like you're in a, a tango with the, with the receiver and the, the receiver, you know how they say, you know, follow my lead. You know, if you, when you're dancing, yeah. you, you tell your wife that, you know, follow my lead. And so you got to let the, you got to let the receiver lead the dance, but then you've got to stay step for step with him to a certain extent. I call that mirroring is, yeah. is, the, is the phrase I use. I don't know what, what they call it. We, the call, it, we call it mirror the receiver as well. Oh, you yeah. do? Yeah. yeah but I mean, it's going it, backwards. Yeah. And then yeah, be able except to you're doing, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that reminds me of that famous line of Fred Astaire and uh, the uh, dancer. Uh, what was it? The female dancer who was with him. She goes, you know, uh, uh, I did everything Fred Astaire did, but I did it going backwards. You know what I mean? And it's Ginger, it's, yeah, Ginger Rogers. That was her name. And uh, but but that is, I mean, it's these are remarkable. These are remarkable talents, aren't they? I mean, athletic talents. Absolutely, because. It, like you said, you start going backwards. Um, and I came from an era where we really had to learn how to backpedal. So you literally were at seven yards. And when that receiver moved, you moved. So uh, I watch these guys, how they do it. Um, some guys are better at press, man. Uh, I always love it just because you can see how well they're coached. I mean, you, you look at other teams, you're like, oh, man, like, I don't understand. It looks like man to man. How did you how did you get beat on that? And I can tell you it's more than likely technique. Starts at the line of scrimmage, starts on the hand placement. What what side? Where are you supposed to be in the coverage alignment? What's the weakness of the defense? Are you supposed to be outside the line or inside the line? And all those things. Uh, and those guys have been doing a very good job, especially in the press technique. I, I'm really impressed with some of those young guys getting up there. They They're good at getting their hands on the receivers. And even though they've given up some deep balls on that 50-50 ball, they're stride for stride. They've done some good things. And if they had taken a little extra step or a little deeper angle to cut them off down the field, I think once they kind of figure that out, as far as them technique-wise where they need to go, they'll be a, they'll be much more improved as the season goes along. But, yeah. yeah, you're right. Going backwards, doing all those things, it's fun. You know, I, I've, I've talked to some kids about, they, how do you play man-to-man? Like, listen cover the half that you know that you're at like if you're outside the line I only got to cover him inside like stay body position keep the outside always keep your leverage where you're aligned and you'll be okay you get it when you get head up and you and you allow the receiver two-way go that's when the receiver when corners get into a lot of trouble and so if you can just remember like listen I'm outside the line I've got help inside I'm going to make sure he doesn't get any right outside you'll be okay as a defender and it takes a lot of discipline to do that um, and understanding how they want to attack you yeah, and, and touch on something you just t- you you talked about a while ago, 50-50 balls. I mean, you almost treat every pass I mean, that's thrown your way like a fifty-fifty ball. I would think. What is that trick? Uh, if in fact there is a trick, what separates the guys that are there but don't quite make the play, and the guys that that make the play? Explain that a little bit more of 
you know, not that you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to stop every fit, every ball right. thrown your way. That doesn't happen. Prime didn't do that. You know what I mean? Uh, but what, what is that little knack, that little trick that they could work on just in these next two weeks to make them even better at maybe on the 50, 50 balls, maybe getting about 50% of them. You know what I mean? Not, not necessarily interceptions, but knocking them down. What, what's that little trick they can work on? Well, I mean, there's some things that you can do as far as making sure when you turn into the man, right? So if I'm a 50-50 ball and I've got my back to the receiver and I know I'm trying to turn uh, and we're on That's okay. I have my it. back to the receiver and he jumps and I high point and he's outside. The ball's going to get outside, yeah. right? The, most quarterbacks at this level are going to throw the ball at the sideline. So understanding that's where the ball is going to go, then I need to make sure I turn into the man on a 50-50 ball. If I, if I can turn here, this arm is the closest to the sideline so I can make a play. I can swipe through his hands trying to come down, right? Yeah. It's hard to do that with my back to the ball because the ball is going to come over my shoulder anyway. Yeah. And so I'm going to be like, I hope he drops it. I hope it's short. I hope it's underthrown. So that's the one if you're a man-to-man technique. The other thing I think and most of it is is just really understanding the technique-wise. Like, So I like I like 50-50 balls as a corner, especially in press coverage to run, run a fade. And so we always end up, we, we tell ourselves to stay on the upfield shoulder, right? And so if yeah. I get a good jam on, on a receiver, what I don't want to do is then take a step that takes me underneath where he is and gives him just a little small window because then I have to play catch up. Now it happens from time to time. So for me, it was learning my footsteps, learning how to, if I get a jam, I need to take an angle. And this is where your math comes in. And everybody thinks that math is not involved in football, but it is because I can't take a 30 degree angle. I need to take a 65 degree angle and get upfield and meet him down the field. So I have a better chance to beat him where he's going to be as opposed to where he started out. Right. Yeah. So understanding that concept of, okay. And that's just a simple turn my foot and turn a little wider as opposed to turning right behind the receiver and then trying to make it a foot race yeah. and getting there. Uh, and so once I, once I understood that as a corner and once they understand like, Oh, if I just take a, long, a deeper angle and go further down the field, <laughs> instead of jamming him and meeting him at two yards i'm gonna jam him and meet him at three and a half yards and we're going to be neck and neck stride for stride and now i have a better chance to play the ball uh that way and then when you do get beat because it happens i think a lot of young corners will turn back and look for the ball right yeah, yeah. Um, so it took me a very long time to be like close the hands right because his hands will tell you when i should put my hands up yeah if, so my rule was always if you can't if you're not stride for stride with him, or if you're not on the upfield shoulder running with him and looking at the ball at the same time, then we don't look for the ball at all until I see his hands do this. And once his hands goes up to make a catch, now I'm raking through because now I have a better chance of getting the ball out. And those are some of the little fine nuances that I've seen guys like, oh, if he had just waited one extra half count, he could have got that ball out. Yeah. Or if he had just closed to his hands and sort of looked <laughs> back for the ball, then he would have made that play. Uh, and so those are things that I'm sure the coaches staff is saying, hey, listen, let's look at that. You know, this is how you do it. If you had done this, you would have made the play. But kudos to you because you already in position to make a play. And he still had to catch it, hold on to it. You rip it out. Look, we, we go, we're going to make this a tough possession all the way through. And I think they're going to get a lot better. But some of the things that I've seen, just young corners, including myself, when I was learning how to play position, um, just like those little nuances will help you get better at defending some of those 50-50 balls. One other thing I want to touch on. Is there a knack for playing what I think is the bane of your existence as a corner, sometimes even as anybody else in the defensive secondary, the fade stop, 
the back shoulder throw. I mean, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You, It's hard to anticipate that when a guy really sells it like a Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, my goodness. Right. But right. It, it, what is the, is the secret there? Just, boy, just scramble. I mean, because you know, obviously you saw J.K. Johnson. I think he got called for a pass interference on the on the on the one touchdown that Michigan State scored when it was still sort of a game, but it wasn't really. You know, uh, their one drive where they had the several penalties on that drive, Ohio State did to kept that drive alive for them. But you know, what? How do you stop that play? How do you stop that play? I mean, how do you prepare? You know, of being able to chase a guy all the way to a fade and then all of a sudden the fade he has stopped you run into him or you try not to run into him but how do you still get yourself in position to still make a play there that's one of the hardest routes to stop yeah uh, and it, it's really it's really hard on a corner i think it, it really it goes to your scouting report right so yeah. hey they run a lot of fade stops so we need to know this right and so the main thing is is you're going to stay square like so I'll take it as probably one of the arguably one of the best corners to play the game, Darrell Rivas, right? So what he would do is, is he always stayed square for most of the, when he was at man-to-man press coverage, he stayed square and he would back up. So the way to give yourself an opportunity to play the fade stop is, is you kind of take a page out of Rivas's um, playbook. And so you're not really trying to get as many hands on it because you're, you understand like, all right, if he does a shake, he's going to go like he's running the fade. And I expect the back shoulder to be thrown. So I need to be in position to cover the fade. So I'm just really going to kind of backpedal like little feathers technique where we just kind of back up. We just back up a little bit, but I'm anticipating it's going to be a fade stop. And so I'm over, we, we call it being over top. So I'm going to be over top of the fade so that if he tries to throw it, yeah. he's got to run through me, but I'm anticipating he's going to throw a short so that I can put that foot in the ground and drive on it and try to break it up or even get an interception. And it's hard because yeah. when it's on the field, you don't want to play that technique because you have so much distance that he can run a go route. And so the really good quarterback um, and receiver tandem, they know that and they sell the fade and the go route really well. And yeah. he just throws under the back shoulder, but it's really a lot easier to kind of un- anticipate in the red zone, especially from the five yard end. Cause it's either going to be a fade, a slant or that, that um, fade stop. And so if I know based off alignment, well, he's not running the slant here. He's giving himself room for either the fade or the fade stop. I'm going to play that technique that way to kind of give myself a better position to play and break up the fade stop. All right. Before I go to another subject, I want to talk, I want to, talk to you about the Allstate offense and about those receivers. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> you know, and maybe the best receiver in the country is not even on the field yet. You know, absolutely. If, if you play, but I won't ask one last thing. What is it about this defense that, that now that you've seen six games, uh, and you've touched on this earlier tonight, uh, talking about it. But what is it just that just you just kind of go, wow, man, this. The, and I would think there is some wow factor a little bit in this defense, the way they've turned it around under Jim Knowles, the uh, four-two-five. What is it that just jumps out at you that just tells you, yeah, these guys are, these guys don't only get it; they're enjoying playing this scheme. It looks like to me. What, what's your take? I agree. I, I think um, what stands out to me the most is the smiles on their faces. Like they are flying around and having fun and you can see it. Like they're jumping on each other's backs. They're patting each other on the helmets. They're doing all those things that you want to see, but they're reacting They're What I see the most is they're, they, they very rarely look confused in what they should be in or what the offense is trying to do to them. 
Yeah. And so that tells me that their their offensive coach or the defensive coaching staff is doing a really good job of explaining the fine nuances of the defense. Like if they do this, we do this. If they do this, we do this. If they get in this formation, we check to this. And I think that's the biggest difference that I've seen so far from last year is, is the knowledge of how to align properly, the knowledge of where the weakness is in the defense, the ability to hold the gaps and not get outflanked on certain plays. That happened a lot last year in certain yeah. certain plays where they just got a flank and you're like that's a basic concept on the defense of we don't get out flanked if they do here i need to get out here and they've been able to do that so it's been really fun just to watch that but then just the aggressiveness of the, of the aggressiveness of the defense like that front four they get pressure with four guys and we didn't see that a lot last year yeah. where they had to blitz they put guys on islands and so you try to do some zone blitz and, and play zone behind it but then you left too many too many lanes underneath to hit little shallow crossers and slants and they would give up big plays. Yeah. And I've seen them being very, 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 very secure and very sound in their techniques um, and, and how they attack offenses. And they have very rarely got outflanked anything. Like they've been they've been the aggressor. And I love it. I, I think that's the one thing that you wanted to see is just sometimes I think because <laughs> I've been around coaches like that, even myself trying to t explain it to my sons when they were younger coming up like you make it more difficult than it needs to be. And I think that's a credit to Coach Knowles and the staff. They've made it so that these guys so far seem like they understand and they know where they're supposed to be, how they're supposed to play it, how they're supposed to. I've got contained here. Okay, I've got this lane here. And it works in unison and in tandem where the linebacker will set the edge or the safety will set the edge and the linebacker or the defense ends coming and filling where they're supposed to be. And so it's been really a, a good joy to watch because you haven't seen too many lanes um, or any scenes running through that defense and and big, crazy runs where teams like, oh, they just got gashed and I don't understand what happened. And, oh, you go back and look to replay. Oh, linebacker took a bad angle. Corner came inside. Like, they've been very sound on where they're supposed to be and understanding their responsibilities and techniques. And All I've right. been pleased yeah. about that. Well, before I ask you about the offense, I want to ask one last thing. Don't name five guys, as I always say. Name one guy on this defense that, wow, I mean, you're just – you're really impressed by up to this point. One guy. You can, you know, obviously you're impressed by a lot of guys, but give me that one guy that you go, wow. Um, because I'm I'm about to drop blank on his name, but 22. Um Still Chambers. <laughs> Chambers, yes. Um, Chambers has been making plays. And I always thought he could play, but I'm like, okay. Um, but like he's made plays, like I'm just like, wow, like he has shown. A, a, a massive turnaround and just what he could do. And you're like, okay, he makes it a lot easier in that defense. Uh, but I mean, everyone's looked great. Like the, the line, I would say, I wouldn't even say Chambers by himself, the linebackers as a, as a I group. Mean, I, can burn. Yeah. I mean, they have totally turned around. They, they come downhill, they play fast. Um, and that's been really the biggest difference is the linebackers and the defense, that front seven has really been able to get after it. Like, so when they drop in coverage, they're, the linebackers are great. When they come downhill, they're great. But that that front four has been really doing a good job of eating up all the blocks off those linemen so those guys can play free. But the linebacker play just overall as a whole, like amazing turnaround from a year ago because that was definitely the weakness of the team last year is just the linebacker play. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> hey, <laughs> real quick, uh, you're a man who intercepted some passes both in college and the NFL. Matter of fact, rumor has it, in the other room around the corner from where you're sitting right there is a, a ball. I don't know if you keep them in a cabinet or on a wall. Uh, you intercepted Dan Marino at one point. Uh, is is that correct? 
That is correct. Yes, I have a ball around the corner um, that has Dan Marino um, interception ball on it. So we lost the game, unfortunately, but I did have a, a little souvenir from Miami to come home with from that game. Um, did you so go? Did you go and ask him for an autograph on it? <laughs> no, not at all. Like <laughs> that's not the way it works, right? <laughs> that's not the way it works. I took that ball. Said, "Hey, put this. Get it. Get it for me." Um, they put it in the trunk, brought it home, got it painted up because um, you know you don't get too many chances to intercept a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, uh, and I wanted to make sure I had that souvenir to, um, to, to always have around to show the kids, like, "Hey, listen." I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I might not have played as long as I wanted to, but definitely um, when I did play, I, I did make some plays along the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, offensively, what has impressed you about Ohio State more than anything else? What uh, uh, you know is it the consistency they played with for the most part? Uh, they're they they've missed Jackson Smith and Jigba, maybe the number one uh, wide receiver in the country for all but a handful of plays. Really, he tried to come back, you know, after getting hurt against uh, against Notre Dame, pulling his hamstring or straining his hamstring. Tried to come back against Toledo a few weeks ago. That was probably too early because he's been missing since then. Uh, and then, of course, at running back, Mayan Williams had that great game uh, uh, a week and a half ago, but then had to skip this game, didn't even make the trip to uh, East Lansing. But the, the flip side of it was Travion Henderson stepped back up again right. and uh, had a great game, got hit on the hip, uh, upper thigh, and had to leave that game in early in the second half. Uh, but, you know, just – I know you're going to see say – you're going to say C.J. Stroud, because C.J. Stroud – is the Heisman Trophy favorite right now for a lot of reasons. But what I guess what has just impressed you about this offense in general? I'll start with Stroud because I think it starts with him. I think the yeah. consistency that he brings, um, being able to make all the throws, uh, and then really being able to get in rhythm with all the other receivers, right? Like everyone thought, like you and I thought preseason-wise, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to go crazy. They have all these these weapons all over. How do you give them all the ball? And then you have two solid running backs. And we didn't even know um, what Mike Williams was going to be able to do, right? Like nobody saw Travion Henderson getting hurt early in the season and then Mike Williams stepping up and doing what he could do. So one, the consistency from the quarterback position, then being able to really then say, okay, let me settle down. Let me get the ball to my playmakers and my weapons, um, the play calling, the ability to scheme and get guys in the right spots where they're supposed to be. And then to be able to be able to um, the ability to be able to come back and say, you know, what, we've had some injuries, but it's almost like plug and play. Right. Like up oh, this running back can go up. Oh, we've got another running back. Oh, this running back can go. Oh, we've got another running back. So I've been more impressed about the depth of their position um, all around. And being able to say, okay, well, he can't go. Oh, this guy can go. And now, yeah. now the guy who's leading the receivers um, and yardage, nobody thought he was going to be able to do like that. Wasn't even the guy we thought was going to have it. I knew Marvin Harrison Jr. was going to be really good. Yeah. You know, but just the way they've been able to really just kind of reload in the middle of a season when guys that they really were counting on to make big plays haven't been available yet, they haven't dropped off a beat, which makes it very scary. Um, when those guys come back healthy, because now you have a lot of options to go to. Yeah, and that offensive line is playing on another level compared to even a year ago. They had, I thought they had a good offensive line last year, uh, but you could tell at times they had four tackles and a center playing instead <laughs> of two tackles, two guards in the center. Man, the way they picked up, they're just getting better and better by picking up blitzes and things. I mean, the other day at Michigan State, uh, just did a great job in that regard and uh, kept the pocket pretty pretty clean for the most part. I want to ask you this. Number one, uh, you're not, you knew Marvin Harrison Jr. was just going to take another step. You saw a Mecca Egbuka play 
in that Rose Bowl also. Uh, you know, both of them played extensively at Rose Bowl because Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson were gone. But uh, number one, what, what impresses you the most about Marvin Harrison Jr. and his, I mean, it seems like he can catch any kind of pass, any kind of way. I mean, to me, the most impressive pass and catch the other day, even though he caught three touchdown passes, became the first receiver in Ohio State history to have three games with at least three touchdown catches. That's a lot of guys that were That's superstars. A lot of guys. Yes. Uh, but to me, my favorite play was when CJ stood in the face of a blitz and flipped a little fade route to uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. down the sideline. It wasn't even one of his three touchdowns. And uh, he leans at the last minute with that body lean he's got and makes the catch right on the sideline like Jackson Smith and Jigba did for the go-ahead touchdown against Utah in the Rose Bowl. It was literally the same pass, you know? Uh, yeah. But – I don't know what, what impresses you most about Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I think as a corner, what you can really appreciate watching him is the fluidity um, in his route running. Like he can get off the line of scrimmage and press coverage. He comes off and off covers. Like there, there is no weakness right now in his game. He, he runs all the heart routes. He can, he can run a goal route. He can run the fade route. He runs the slants. He runs the hitches. He runs all the outs. He'll run a dig, he'll run a post. Like, He's so good in and out of his breaks. And you don't expect a guy that big um, to be able to be like, oh, like his, you know, and I played against his dad. So I yeah. saw his dad play. Like he's quick, quick, not as quick as his dad was, but just as quick, maybe a little, di little difference, but he can get off. He's got the shake. He can do all those things. And then he has the height um, and the, and the radius. To, and we talk, they talk about that on Saturday, the catch radius. He has yeah. those long arms. So even when you're even with him as a defensive back, he still has the ability to turn and make the tough contested catches um, and he makes them look routine. And I think that you don't see that from too many young guys where he can just make a, 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 a hard catch look so easy and so effortless. And I'm like, this dude has been getting two foot tap ends all the time. Like you only need one in college and he routinely makes yeah. difficult catches and still gets two feet in. So he's already practicing for the next level. And I'm just like, wow, it's amazing to watch what he can do. And he's only going to get better, which still blows me. Like, he's only going to get better and better and better. And, and, and that's where you look at just the coaching staff. Again, I mean, they have assembled a group of guys that they complement each other very well. And they put them in the right positions to be successful. Um, and if I'm CJ, I'm loving it because you don't find too many you don't find too many high school teams that are that loaded, yet alone NFL teams. And now you've got a college team that's just weapon, 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 weapon. Oh, and I've got two weapons behind me that I can hand the ball off to. I mean, it's fun to be fun to be on that team right now. Hey, how, how do, in your mind, as, as, a, as a defensive guy watching Ohio State's offense, how do Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka complement each other? You know, that number two. I mean, because Emeka Egbuka, number one, he's pretty fearless. Right. Number two, he's a big guy. You know, he uh, people don't realize how big he is from a just physical standpoint. I mean, he's kind of like a running back a little bit. But then number three, he runs really good routes, it looks like. And these guys are hardly dropping anything. But what just stands out to you about Emeka Egbuka from your vantage point? I think what you said, his fearlessness. Like, he runs all the stuff across the middle. He runs the routes yeah. where you're like, okay, I need a big body – um, receiver to come through you you're going to get hit by linebackers you're going to have safeties coming down on you and he doesn't shy away from the contact like and then when he makes you miss 
he has the speed to pull away from you? Because that's the question when you, when you have a guy that goes across the middle or how fast and he can, can he run away from the guys? Can he run away from defensive backs? And he can, and he's yeah. shown he can. And so now you're like, okay, so now it's how do I scheme to get both of those guys? Like how do I, if I try to stop this guy, then I'll leave this guy one-on-one and he can beat me. Well, if I put my safety over top of Marvin Harrison Jr., then that means I'm leaving a linebacker or a safety one-on-one with Mbuka. And you're like, oh, shoot now. So so it's kind of like pick your poison. And so I think Ohio State does a good job of really getting into, getting out of tendencies, right? Like they don't necessarily always, sometimes they'll hand the ball off on first down. Sometimes they'll hand the ball off on second down. Sometimes they'll throw on first and second down. Like they, they, you can't really figure it out. Uh, and so they've done a good job of keeping defenses on their heels. Uh, and so that really gives them the matchups that they want. Right. And if I see that and I've got Mbuka on um, a matchup with a linebacker safety, I know where the ball is going to go. If it's safety comes down and it's man to man on Marvin Harrison. OK, if the corner's off, I'm going to throw a hitch and you're going to make him miss and go run. Um, if he's up press, I know I'm going to throw the fade and it's going to be an easy completion because you're going to run by him. So yeah. they do all those things. And then you start adding other guys into the mix. You're like, oh, shoot. Like, I didn't know he was going to be OK. Glad <laughs> to be like, so it's going to be crazy to watch. Um, and, and, and I think CJ's done a really good job of incorporating the tight end because I think that was one of the things you're like, OK, we've got two, these two guys. So now if Jackson Smith and Jigba's not here. Who else? Oh, by the way, I've got a tight end that actually can catch the ball and block and all those yeah. things. So, so now you're like, oh shoot! So now, now I've got three guys that I've got to really watch out for. And then when and Jackson Smith and Jigba comes back, you're like, oh, now we have four guys. Yeah, and, and really, right now, right now they got four because that Julian Fleming, yeah. number four, yeah, Fleming is finally is healthy. And this guy was a five star coming out, and he's showing why, right? I mean, he's looking, he's looking really good. He's he's running those routes, running across the middle too. Again, yeah, like I think. That's the thing that I love the most. They they all run routes across the middle. They're all not afraid of getting hit. And I think that takes a, a really good coach to get them to buy into it because we've seen receivers like, yeah, I'll run all the other routes, but I don't go in there. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Right? All those guys will like, I'll go there. I'll put my body in the line. And I think the really good mark of a really good receiving room um, is their ability to block. And when you watch those guys, you turn on the tape, every last one of them will get out there and they will block and they block fiercely. Like, it's not one of those, like, patty cake, I'm out here, I'm just here to get in front of you. They put their hands on you, they try to drive you. And so, again, like, that's where I love all those guys because they're not just pass catchers. They will go and actually assist in the run game and try to help spring a block for Williams or Henderson. And so you love to see that as well. Hey, this is going to sound like a weird question, but they've got a pretty good chemistry going right now, you know. And you've got this guy – Jackson Smith and Jigba, who hasn't been able to, you know, with the exception of uh, a couple plays against Toledo and a few plays against Notre Dame, hasn't. Is there any chance that you get a guy like that back and it messes up the chemistry? I would think not. But are I would think you're as curious, like like Ryan Day admitted, he had they had a lot of things just dreamed up and schemed up for Jackson Smith and Jigba that they kind of put on the back burner against Notre Dame. <clears throat> you could see that. And then found a way to beat Notre Dame just by running the ball down their throat and throwing a little bit. Uh, but what I'm getting to here is, does, are you as curious as Ryan Day? You want to see this team at full health, <laughs> right? At full Absolutely, speed. Yeah. And yet, you know, they're still they're number two in the country, like I said, in total offense and number one in scoring. How much better could it be? I mean, what, what could we be in for, you think? I think you could be in for 
some crazy out offensive outputs um, point wise. I I think once you get all your weapons back, it makes it very hard to defend. Um, and <laughs> and if O line plays the way they played, and you give Stroud time, then he's going to pick you apart. Uh, so to go back to your previous question, can it mess up the continuity? It could, but that only happens if CJ's like, I've got to get Jackson the ball, right? Like, yeah. he, if, like I'm a force on the ball. If he just says, I'm going to take what the defense gives me and I'm going to go to the matchup, what, what I've been doing all season long, then no, it doesn't. Uh, and so I think what ends up happening is, is you get Jackson Smith and Jigba back. Um, and I think they don't miss a beat. I think the offense keeps going, uh, but is he going to be the leader of the team in passing yard, receiving yardage and catches? No, because it's half, almost half the season is gone. So I think he has to understand that and know that going into it, you have those conversations of we're going to get you out there. We're going to try to find a way to get you the ball, but you know, Hey, listen, we got other guys that can make plays. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and I think he would probably tell you that like, I, Hey, I don't want the ball thrown to me every time. You know, I, if I'm open and I'm the read, then great. If I'm not, then okay. If my brothers are also doing well, then I'm okay with that. And I think that's what you've seen so far out of that group. Um, and that that room in that group is there's a camaraderie and a brotherhood that's, hey, look, if I'm not getting the ball, he is, and we're all we all win. Uh, and so I think that's the that's the team that I expect to see. Uh and and you can have conversations behind closed door of hey, I didn't get enough targets and things. Like, I don't think anybody. Um, is going to go that route, but you know, you could, but those yeah. are things that I don't want to know about. I don't want yeah. to hear about. I don't want to see it. Well, the bad, th the bad thing for Jackson is when he does come back, he might as well be wearing a big neon flashing sign that, you know, cause every, you know, yeah, defense, like, we're going to get him the ball. We're going right. to get him. The ball. But, but I would think as a defensive coordinator now, they have shown so many things from lining up in the power eye with, you know, and and handing the ball to the fullback, uh, Marlon Kerner. They okay. still call him a tight end, but he's a fullback, you know. That's the right. modern game. You don't call the guy the fullback anymore, even though he's uh, Mitch Rossi's lining up at full. But they, they've gone from that basic a power play to the gamut. I mean, they've run the gamut. And they there's so much video now that a defensive coordinator down the street or down the road has to study from this offense. The other night they ran a – they ran for one of another term, uh, uh, the modern version of the Statue of Liberty, where they had, I think it was Egbuka, I forgot who, but he came in motion from the slot, came in motion behind CJ, then reversed at the snap, came back by like he was going to get a handoff. There was a fake handoff. It was play action and throwing the ball down the field. Yes, I, mean, I saw that. You play. can't make was, this I like stuff up. You know? I like that. That was a good design. Yeah, design. <laughs> but it's like, where do you – last thing I'm going to ask you, you're a defensive coach out there. Obviously, you want to get to C.J. Stroud. That's obvious, you know. But past that, what do you do to 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 uh, maybe neutralize or at least slow down this offense? What 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 would you? How would you put it? For me, I don't want to give away too many secrets because you're an Ohio State fan. Go ahead now. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I I think it it all it all depends on how well your front four plays. Like if you yeah. have to blitz to get pressure, then that changes what. I can do on the defensive side because they have so many weapons. You take a page out of what Notre Dame did and say, okay, I'm going to go too high deep. You're not going to get any of those deep passes down the field. And I'm going to make you methodically drive down and see if you can be consistent, dink and dunk it, take three yards here, five yards here. Um, as, as a defensive coordinator, if I'm playing Ohio state one, you have to tackle well, um, because yeah. once you miss a tackle with them, 
those that all their athletes really can hurt you in open space. So, I mean, hey, I'm going to give you the cushion. I'm coming up, I'm tackling. Um, and if I can keep my two high across there, then we're good. Um, if I have to blitz you, then I'm really going to pick my chances when I'm going to blitz you, right? Like, I, really, I might try to blitz you on first downs. Um, I might third down. I'll be I, If it's third and short, I may have to. I'm, I may not want to, but I, I may have to to really try to get you out of it because you have all the options. You can hand it off. Like you can, you have so many weapons to throw the ball to with them. So again, I, I would start with Notre Dame's deep shell look. Um, and then hopefully I have some corners that are just as fast that can run with those receivers. Yeah. Um, if I don't, then we play in cover two and <laughs> just saying, okay, listen, if, if, if Henderson goes off for a hundred um, and he only gets two touchdowns, we've got a chance, but hopefully my offense is scoring points because, I don't want to get into a track meet with them. Like I want, I want to keep Ohio State kicking a couple field goals, and that's another stat we watch, right? They've they're 100 in the red zone, like yeah. what 30 something touchdowns and two field goals. Yeah, like that is an amazing stat by itself. So I mean, you you got your hands full, um, but I would never want to get into a shootout with them because I don't think too many offenses can really match up and go um, toe for toe against the offense. So it'll be interesting to see as the season goes along, but. Yeah. yeah, I would start there. Like, no big plays against Ohio State if you can help it. Hey, one of the last observations, too, <clears throat> what has impressed me about Stroud and his receivers is they've been able occasionally to beat a zone coverage by him hitting a guy on the move, not just squatting down into an open spot. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. even though you're playing maybe too high, you know, you saw you've seen up Egbuka several times catch a ball on a dig or a crossing route and just outrun guy. You know what I mean? It's I, it that boy that would be scary to to prepare for I would think right because it even is. though you're playing the right thing you you still have difficulty stopping you know keeping the big play from happening right right and that's what you want like even if you take that too too high safety look like it doesn't matter if I'm too deep they're going to catch everything in front of me and all I'm doing is making a tackle if I get too close then they can take a shot and split it and get yeah. in between the corner and the safety which they did a couple of times right yeah and like all right, i'm gonna hit that scene coming right down the sideline right over this right over the corner right between the safety boom for a big game so yeah i, mean, I thought it, you had him no i thought you had it <laughs> yeah like that's yeah. it and that's that's where you get into trouble i mean and but that i think that's the arm strength and the arm talent that stroud possesses that's the the ability of being over the same page yeah. with Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, and all the other weapons that you have. Like, all right, listen, once you clear, I want you to get about five yards. That ball's going to come on the line. I'm going to put it a little bit before the safety. I'm going to hit you. You're going to get out. Like, so make sure you slow down. Don't go too fast because if you go too fast, you're going to get too close to the safety. So those are all things that they work on. Um, yeah. And you can tell that they work on that a lot and they talk about that. And Stroud has done a really good job of not really getting his receivers blown up. Like, I have rarely seen a ball go too high where – it was like, hey, you come back, like, hey, listen, man, like, that's a kill shot. Like, don't do that again. Like, he puts the ball in the right spot where his guy's going to catch it or it's going to fall incomplete. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's 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 a talent of alone in itself that a lot of quarterbacks don't have at this level. And his awareness, I mean, for example, the go ahead touchdown against Notre Dame, they were struggling against Notre Dame. Notre Dame was staying too high. You know, they were yeah. keeping the shell. Notre Dame decides to blitz. You've got the guy who's playing in place of, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba suddenly in that game. Xavier Johnson, former walk-on, was a defensive back. You saw him actually on Saturday against Michigan State play yeah. some running back for him. You he know, did, he they, was all over the place. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, he reads it exactly as CJ does. Goes safety's coming this way. He goes that way, bends it in a little bit, leaves his man behind. But CJ 
so aware of what's going on uh, across from him in that secondary yeah. and stuff. It's just amazing. Puts a strike right on the guy. It's a touchdown. Now Xavier Johnson's, uh, as I said, a household name in Buckeye Nation because yeah, he scored yeah. a go-ahead touchdown against Notre Dame. But but it's just I mean you you you're combining experience experienced quarterback who has all the tools to throw all the passes. That's tough to stop, isn't it? It really is tough to stop. I mean, and, and but you add the weapons, right? Like you talk yeah. about. I've seen a lot of experienced quarterbacks try to deal with inexperienced receivers, right? And so I think that's the biggest thing that's been one of the pleasant surprises is, yeah, you got some guys like we knew what Jackson Smith and Jigba could do, but you've had to have younger guys step up and they've been able to read it and recognize it and get on the same page as CJ. And that has made a world of difference. So whether that's CJ taking all those young guys and, okay, let's talk through it. Here's what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? Um, you have to get credit to all those guys, including the coaching staff. The coaching staff has done a really good job of getting all these guys because you don't know who's going to be ready this week or not. And then guys have gotten banged up and knocked out of games and younger guys have come in and stepped in and made plays. And you're like, where did that come from? I didn't think he was ready to play. And they've shown that they can get from the starter all the way down ready and understanding what the game plan is going to be. They've all been able to check, look at, look to the sideline. Okay, I know I got to do this on this play. And that goes to show you how well the coaching staff has done and the preparation of the players themselves of being able to get into your, your report. Here's our game plan. Here's what we do. Here's how they're going to attack us. They do this. We run this. Um, so it's been a really fun um, pleasure to watch this team really just come into their own and not really know about some of the younger guys and then say, oh, okay, they're going to be okay. They're really deep. They've got some really talented players behind them, and it's going to be fun to watch them for years to come. Um, so I'm excited uh, about what the season's going to bring. But, yeah, it's been fun to watch these young guys really just step in and make plays. Ladies and gentlemen, Marlon Turner, <clears throat> as capable a co-pilot as you're ever going to see on this magnificent Tim May podcast flying machine. Marlon, once again, thanks for joining me, my man. And uh, I hope you keep that Dan Marino ball under lock and key. You do, don't you? I got it under lock and key. Yeah, it's in a glass case somewhere around there. Yeah, with with a big camera, you know, to, you know, see your kids come out and start playing with it. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, it's great. Yeah, they got football to play with. They're like, I've got a track runner, a basketball player, and one football player. So, yeah, the one football player is like, Dad, yeah, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to mess with that ball. We've got a couple other balls he can take. Yeah, well, anyway. Hey, Marlon, appreciate you, my man. We'll be in touch later on this season, okay? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, this is Tim May for Marlon Kerner. We'll see you then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.